To the finish, I feel the spirit moving through the city. I got the light shining, come get it. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. Walking with Christ, moving where it's gritty. I feel the spirit moving through the city. I see the people trying to bring them with me. We got a light, tell them come and get it. What is up, y'all? Y'all are now tuned to the Real Talk Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Chad. And today we got season two, the season two finale with Daniel Clark on marriage. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Go ahead and just introduce yourself, yeah. and uh, let's go into a little bit of your testimony and just, you know, how you came to God and, you yeah. know, what he's done in your life. Yeah. Um, so, Pastor Daniel, and I've been in ministry, gosh, almost 10 years now um, as a youth pastor, and grew up here in Jacksonville, uh, went to church, got kicked out of church, and <laughs> kicked out of the youth group um, a few different times, but really came to the Lord uh, right around 17, 18 years old, and started following him, and trying to learn sanctification to really start to, the things that I was doing. I grew up in church. I knew how to say yes. I knew how to say amen. I knew when to raise my hands. I knew when to do all of that stuff. Uh, but outside of church, I was living a completely different life. And when I was around 17, 18 years old is when I dedicated my life to the Lord. I remember doing it at a summer camp. And from then, it was just continuing to learn to hear his voice. Um, and that's when I decided to go to ministry school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was like, man, Lord, you can't call me out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, black people there. What am I supposed to do, you know? <laughs> um, but honestly, that was one of the best times of my life. And that's what I really found my foundation in the Lord and learning to hear his voice and learning that his way is better than my way uh, when I went out there because I remember giving my life to the Lord and I remember doing my best to stop doing the things that I was doing um and start hanging stop hanging around the same people that I, I continuously hung around and i remember in that moment i felt so alone like i gave my life to the lord i stopped partying i stopped doing all this stuff but i felt so alone i was like what am i what do i do you know and so it really was a battle for me in that season um to try to say no and i wasn't always perfect in those moments and but when when i found out that i was going to arama and i felt like the lord really called me to do that um, and i got there i was like oh man this is awesome this is way better than I thought. I remember um, in that moment when I asked the Lord to go out to Rama, I said, I want to get some good friends. I want to get some good friends. And that's where I met, you know, two of my best friends, two guys that are at my wedding, the two best friends that I have to this day. They were there for me in the deepest of stuff, you know, things that I've gone through in my life. And so I came back from Rama and started in ministry, started doing an internship at the church that I grew up at. And it's crazy that the, the youth group I got kicked out of is the same youth group that I, I pastored. <laughs> I pastored for years. It's wild. Um, so I did that for a long, long time. And so the Lord now is transitioning me to, uh, start a company, um, to help in ministry. And so it's just really exciting. And yeah, man, that's, that's the testimony. That's where I'm at. I'm still living in it. Still living in the, I'm still in the middle of the testimony. Uh, but I'm just learning the God's faithfulness and learning to just be obedient to him. Yeah. I feel like, um, that's like such a big thing. Like looking from the outside in, like it feels like obviously we don't always know like what God has in store for us and like, yeah that plan it looks like it's hard to it's hard to have full faith in it and so like looking on the outside in it doesn't always look like it's fun but yeah you, once you get into it you get yeah. to experience what god's doing in your life 100 like, percent. this is way better than what i was going through before yes 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 so. i learned his plan is way better than me trying to figure out on my own yeah you know um and that was something that i learned the hard way you know uh but 
doing it his way is a hard thing because you want to go a different direction. But once you realize that his plan is better than your plan and his plan for you is the best for you, uh, it just radically changed my life. And still to this day, I still struggle with trying to not have my own little agenda on the side uh, and just following his plan wholeheartedly. But every time I do, it turns out well. You know, it may not be in my timing because I want things right now. Yeah. Uh, but when I do things in his timing, man, it's it's beautiful. That's good. You want to go ahead and get into the first one? All right. Um, so the first question we have for yeah. you is, why should we wait to have sex till marriage? <laughs> you know, as a as a youth pastor, I was I never tried to stand on the podium of perfection. Like I know some other youth pastors that I feel in my in my heart, like man. They're perfect. You know, they waited until marriage. They did the right thing. They grew up in church. I grew up in church. Man, I feel like they're a way better Christian than I am. And so for me, the way I pastor is I always am transparent. I try to be as transparent as possible. And I've learned about my growth. And I'll answer the question, but it made me think about it. Like, uh, I think I was talking to you guys about this a few weeks ago uh, with, with the student leadership team. And I was, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, like, and how far I've come in my life and how far I have grown in my walk with the Lord. And I remember thinking, this is just like a year ago. I remember thinking, man, I don't think I've grown that much. I need to, you know, I'm in my word, but I need to be in my word more and all this stuff. And then I found, actually, I found my old Twitter. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Dude. <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> I found my old Twitter and I was like, I can never... I could never be in politics. I couldn't. There's zero <laughs> chance I could ever be in politics because of the things that I I wrote. And I thought they were funny. You know, when you're young, I was young, man. I thought I was. I thought I was hilarious. I still think I'm hilarious. Yeah. But I thought I was so funny. And I look back and I was like, "You idiot! What are you doing?" <laughs> but I remember in that season of my life, you know, for me, I was not perfect in the way that I carried relationships. I more so than doing relationships the right way. I really knew how to do relationships the wrong way. And the culture that I grew up in, even with most of my own family members, was, you know, have sex before marriage, you know, try before you buy. What's the point of waiting? Uh, We really even highlighted, you know, how many women could you have sex with? You know, how many partners could you could you line up or how many women could you juggle? And I really I went full fledged into that lifestyle. You know, Um, I remember like I was in high school and I don't know if you all I was in high school and um, had a girlfriend. And we broke up, and it devastated me, man. I was, like, I was heartbroken. I started listening to like, you know, this is like Drake before Drake. Drake was like singing sad songs. I'm like, yeah, that's me, man. I was listening to it, man. And I remember, like, I started working out, and I started getting fit, and then I was like, man. And I really went on a tear. And I and I thought to myself, man, if I can get the prettiest girl, or if I can bag the prettiest girl, then I'm good. You know what I mean? And really highlight that stuff. And it really still, I really still felt empty inside, you know. And I've had sex outside of the covenant of God. And I've had sex inside the covenant of God. And 1,000 to the nth degree more, I would always choose inside the covenant of the Lord. You know, I look at uh, sex is like a fruit. And for me, I remember going to like South America and eating some of the fruit. I took kids on mission trips. I went on mission trips. And man, I don't know if you've ever been to any, any, any South American country, but their fruit tastes so much sweeter than what we got here. You know, the natural off the tree, off the tree tastes so much sweeter than what you buy in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I don't care how, fr- how fresh they think they are. Off the tree is so much sweeter. Like it was like I ate an apple there and I was like, this tastes completely different than the apples that I grew up eating in America. You know, yeah. what is this? And it's like the way we it's just natural. 
It's the way the Lord intended. It's just natural. You, know, you put a seed in the ground, you allow that to grow, it produces the fruit, and you eat that fruit. It's no pesticides, no nothing. It just grows that way. And I look at it the same way as, as sex inside and outside of marriage. Like um, in the right season, in the right season, sex is amazing. In the right season, I, outside of the right season, sex is also good. If it's going to feel good. But for me, man, it came with so much headache, so much headache, because um, I was thinking, I don't know if she's going to get pregnant. Am I going to catch something? Does she is she cheating on me? Am I, I so now I'm going to play off my insecurity and I got to make sure that I cheat on her before she cheats on me. Got to make sure I have one in the back pocket because I don't know if she's going to leave me or not. And I don't want to be alone. And I remember going through that cycle over and over again. And so for me, waiting until marriage is so important because it's in the right season. It's in, it, that's what I'm saying. It's in the right season. Like I know what it's like to be at home and you just finished and you feel horrible afterwards or you do it so much you don't even feel horrible afterwards but in the back of your mind you're thinking, is, is this gonna happen? What's gonna happen if this happens? Is she gonna call, is she gonna get be late and then be pregnant? And that was always something that like churned in my stomach. And I think that there was a lot of young believers and older believers out there that you're doing it and you don't feel good, it's, it's, it's empty. There's, there's, a, there's a temporary satisfaction but there's no long lasting satisfaction. I'll tell you what, man, sex inside of marriage is amazing because what we did was after I, I remember giving my life to the Lord and, you know, um, and I wasn't even perfect at that point, but that I went through the process and I'm still going through the process of sanctification because that sanctification process never ends. Yeah. But I remember I was like, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. And I remember then, um, that's when I was able to like meet my wife and years and years went by and I met my wife and going through the process and we waited and we waited and it was hard it was so hard because now i've already i've already tasted and seen that sex was good you know what i mean and i was like man i don't know if i can wait but i remember thinking to myself i want to do this not just for myself but for my kids you know i want to be able to wait because i know i'm going to marry this girl Mm. i want to do it for my kids to say we waited because you know for me i was the first one in my family on my dad's side that got married by not having a kid. Like my dad got married to my mom because they had a kid, his dad and his dad. And we didn't realize this, but it was that generational thing that was happening. And I was right on track to do the same thing, you know, but in that moment, and by the grace of God, by the grace of God, you know, I, I, I didn't, nothing happened in those moments. But by the grace of God, I was able to wait and do it the right way. And I had to set some boundaries, bro. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man, I pay taxes. But I don't even have my own passcode to my own phone for like internet and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, because I I had to because I I remember to myself if I don't if I don't set these boundaries right now, I'm gonna fall. Mm. I'm gonna fall, and it was way better. And now, man, I don't care. I talk about sex all day. (laughs) I waited. That's how I feel like I we get around friends. Me and my wife have friends that like aren't saved, and they like y'all nasty. And I say I waited. I don't care. I don't care. I waited. You know, if the world's gonna talk about how good sex is, why wouldn't me as a married man that waited, yeah. as a as I'm representing the Lord and actually doing it in the way that God intended? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and everybody has their own thoughts on that of like how you should wait. I mean, how you should talk about mar- uh, sex in marriage. And I'm not out here being nasty like yeah. that, but I'm just like, hey, let me kiss. But you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm trying to be. I'm trying. This is my wife. I waited. You know what I mean? And and I I want to be able to share even with my friends that don't believe in the Lord or don't go to church or have a strong walk. Like, man, they're doing it the right way. They're doing it. They're doing it the right way. So that's why I say you should wait. 
It's not just because the Lord says so, but that when the Lord says that to do something, he just tells you to do it for a reason. Yeah. And when you try to do it your own way, it comes with so much headache and so much pain and so much suffering. And you think you're on top of the world, but you're at home and you're alone and you know you're not. You know, but when you do it in the way and in the season that he's intended, it is a beautiful and blessed thing. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that that feeling is fleeting. Like I'm not gonna I'm not everyone knows like sex feels good, but like that it's fleeting. So like to continue it's something that you're gonna try to fulfill, like you were saying before, Mm -hmm. like that you still felt empty and like you're gonna keep coming back to it because it's not gonna truly fulfill you. If it fulfilled you, you'd only have to do it one time. Yeah, yeah. And just to kind of go off what you were saying, um, like you were saying how God doesn't just tell us to do something just to do it. Like that comes with pain and, mm-hmm. and different things. So it's like, uh, I think first Corinthians six eighteen says flee from all sexual immorality, mm-hmm. whoever sins sexually, I mean, sins against themselves and others. So yep. it's like, if you're hurting, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting other people. And we kind of talked about this. Uh, what's that? Is it good? Uh, I think I just hit the mic. Oh, like that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but, um, I think we talked about this yesterday and how like those boundaries that you set, yeah. like, cause like you, you knew where you were at, like you, sure. knew you had to set those boundaries. For and sure. like we talked about this in the last episode, how if you don't set certain boundaries, then you're going to fall into temptation. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's yeah. so true. So true. And then, cause me and my wife, we set the boundaries that, uh, we're not going to be home alone. Cause I'm nasty. I know from I know me. My hands just start going with places. I don't know how they got there, but I, but I end up naked. I don't know how. Like, what happened? I don't. Oh no. So I had to set that boundary. You know what I mean? Yeah. As like we I, we're not going to be at home alone together. Hmm. And then we even stopped talking at a certain hour. Like I'm in, I'm in my late twenties. You know. So in my mind, I'm thinking, and that's the thing I think about when it comes to um, setting those boundaries is that you think that manliness or okay I'm, I'm i'm strong enough to be able to drive on this cliff without a guardrail and that means it's freedom that's not freedom yeah you know what i mean now you're you're, you're barely taking any turns because you have the guardrails are there for a reason and if you don't set those guardrails you'll be driving so fast you'll fly off mm-hmm. you know what i mean you'll fly off and and everybody in the car that's with you is going to be hurt by it mm-hmm. you know so i had to set those boundaries for for me because i know i'm not strong enough there's going to be times where I feel really strong and I'm feeling the Lord. I left service. I'm like, Lord, I'll never do anything, man. I feel great. This is amazing. And then there's Friday night. You know what I mean? And then that's that's honest. Like it's Friday night and I'm ready to do something. And yeah. then so I had to set those boundaries. And we set those boundaries before we got into the relationship. You know what I mean? Not after. And I, and I learned that through trial and error. I remember the wisdom of hearing everybody say, hey, you want to set boundaries before a relationship? I'm like, no, I ain't trying to do all that. You know? Uh, but then I messed up and messed up and messed up. And then repented and messed up and repented. It's like a dog going back to its own vomit. You know what I mean? I kept repenting and I kept messing up. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. So what I learned is setting those boundaries up before I got into the relationship. We we wouldn't have made it without that. Without those boundaries. And then the second was accountability. It's having someone that was older than me keeping me accountable. Like, hey, how you doing? checking up on me yeah. like don't lie to me i'm not you're not, not necessarily in trouble if if you if you messed up it's yeah. okay but we got to make sure how to not do those you got to set these steps up so that how you don't do that again it? correct yeah. correct correct and i had one i had a i had a guy in my life still a great mentor and she did she does as well um someone that kept us accountable you know what i mean kept us accountable to make sure that um we're walking the straight and narrow it's hard but man it's worth it 
Yeah. And it's so worth it, man. And going back to that, like, unfulfilling feeling, and I, I think that kind of just applies to all, like, sexual immorality, too. Like, whether it's, like, a porn addiction or 100%. masturbation yeah. or, I mean, list anything. I think it's... Yeah. It's, it becomes an addiction because mm-hmm. you just want to fill a void. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Man, one thing they don't talk about in in sex before marriage or having multiple partners is that it actually hurts your marriage, even if you're not even married yet. Mm. So let's just say you guys had girlfriends and you had that one didn't work out. You had sex that didn't work out. And you kind of go through, you know, a number of girlfriends. Then you find the one. That's normally what happens yeah. mm-hmm. in today's society. It was kind of happened to me. And one thing that I walked through that was so real, and this is why I want to say wait till, you, till you're married, is because what you do with other people, you're going to bring that into your marriage. The Lord can redeem it all. Yeah. But what you do, you have these past experiences. And bro, so you're like, I like the way, I like the way she did this. And I like the way she, the way she touched me this way. And I like the way she did this. And I like the way she did like this. And now you're having this almost... You're taking all of those great experiences from different women, and then you're putting that now on one person to hope that she is now competing with five people mm. or six people, how, your whole entire past. You know, what I mean? and there's no way that my wife is going to be able to compete with however many women that I was with. Right. And it's the same thing with porn. Like you start to like porn is a, is a it's a never ending catalog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then what happens is you start to compare what you have right now with someone who's getting paid to do it. You know what I mean? And this is, this is their, that's their whole livelihood is that. And so that's what I really want to stress, you know, to anybody, because that's the same thing like I had to go through and I see guys go through it is you take your whole past, everything that you did in the past and you, and you start to pick the things that you like and you're like, now this one person has to compete with all of that. And there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah. And that's how sometimes, you know, sex gets married, it gets uh, ruined. You know what I mean? Because you're you're comparing that one person to your past. No way she could do that. You know? Yeah, I heard someone say if if hundreds of thousands of women can't satisfy you, how will one? Mm. So even though you're doing all these things and it, it feels good now, once you get to the point where you get into that marriage or mm-hmm. or whatever relationship you're in, again, you're gonna put those those needs on them and mm-hmm. make them feel like they have to please you in that way. Hundred percent. And that that hurts. Hundred percent. Um, earlier you were kind of talking about um, eventually how like your wife was the one mm-hmm. how did you know she was the one mm. uh, man that's a good question you know I try to make things as practical as possible because I'm, a, I'm a, a simple guy and I don't know where I heard this but it's a prayer that I pray in this situation for trying to figure out if my wife was the one in a bunch of other situations, but it's a simple prayer and it is, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it. And I remember praying that prayer before I met, met my wife me and my wife were friends actually, um, way before we even started liking each other. And she saw me like even pursue other women. And I was like, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it. And man, if the Lord is not in it, it's like the biggest headache. I remember dating this girl she was fine. I was like, man, this is going to be the one. You know what I mean? This this, this is the one. But I remember keep praying that prayer, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it. And I remember I felt like I was just having to force this relationship. You know what I mean? Almost like she had one foot out and one foot in. And I'm like trying to pull her and try to convince her that I'm the one, you know? And eventually it didn't work out. And I remember being so mad at God. So mad. I was like, Lord, this is the one. 
<laughs> she's like, see my type. Like, everybody got a type. Yeah. You know, and I remember, this is the one. Like, what do you, what, what do you, and I remember the Lord kind of brought back the prayer that I prayed. Is if you're not in it, I don't want it. And I'm not in that. And I was like, dang, that's, mm-hmm. that's tough. It's kind of cap, Lord. I think, you don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm in it. So you should be in it. You and me, so. <laughs> But honestly, it wasn't. It's like it wasn't until years later I realized, like, okay, now this is the one, because just because everything was going well, doesn't mean that that person's the one. Meaning this, like, me and my wife, um, we I knew we had started dating, and then I knew she was going to be the one because I felt like I felt so much peace. I said, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it, and it was a overwhelming peace that I had that I didn't have in other relationships. And it wasn't just because everything was going well. It wasn't just because she's fine and she's just good to look at. Like, me and my wife got engaged in November of 2019. Um, and you guys know what happened in 2020. Mm. So we were we got engaged in 2019, in November 2019. And we were like, okay, we want a quick wedding because I ain't trying to wait. You feel me? Um, and then I remember we, we said we're going to get married in April. And this is before the epidemic, before everything. So in 2020, when the pandemic happened, um, I felt still felt peace, you know, and it's, it's this it's this overwhelming peace. And Philippians four talks about uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And man, through that entire season where we had to cut our our guest list from 300 to less than 50, where we had to get approval from the mayor's office to even be able to get married and have people there where everybody had to social distance. I, I felt peace and it was such a beautiful thing. And that I felt then I also felt it when I felt the nervousness of trying to ask my, my girlfriend to be my girlfriend, ask her like, is she going to be the one? I was like, Oh man, I don't know. But I just felt this peace. I was nervous. And just because the nervousness was there doesn't mean the peace wasn't there as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just felt this overwhelming peace, like, man, this is this is peace that I feel. And the circumstances around us were horrible. Yeah. You know, even as we've been married, the circumstances around us have been horrible. But for me and my wife, we just feel peace when we're together. And one one thing that I just want to say, like, for me, that I think every Christian should that should be their number one standard. My most attractive thing about my wife is that she loves the Lord more than she loves me. Mm. Like she loves the Lord more than she loves me. And that's so true because I think for, for us guys, what we'll do is we won't tell any, we'll hold everything to the chest. So if somebody asks, hey, are you, how you doing? Like, ah, I'm all right, I'm good, I'm good. And then you get with someone and you start to share how life really is, you know? And what, what, what the dangerous part of doing that, if not telling anybody anything, but only sharing it with your significant other, is you actually make them God. Mm-hmm. And, and you tell them, and they're, what are they going to do with all of that information that you told them? You yeah. know? And you start, they, they then start to have to try to figure out, okay, how am I going to be there for you? I'll never. And that is such a traumatic thing that is dangerous for a relationship. And so for me, I had to learn, because I was the same way where I didn't want to tell anybody anything before. The Lord even opened my eyes to know that Stephanie was going to be the one for me is I had to deal with a lot of stuff for myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think for a lot of times is for, for us young men is isn't the question of how do I know she's the one is am I the one? Mm. Am I am I the one? 
You know, am I ready? And a lot of times that answer is no, you know, because there's a lot of baggage that we still carry. There's a lot of stuff that we have. I think about um, King Saul in the Bible. And he says that he was a beautiful man. He was a head above everybody. He was super tall, handsome, and he looked the part. But when God starts to take a census of, of Israel and seeing where everybody's at, they couldn't find King Saul. They couldn't find him. They're like, where's, 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 where's our king? The king that we asked for, the king that we wanted, the king we begged for. Israel was begging for a king. And God was like, I'm your king. You don't need, no, you don't need a king. But Israel got, fell into the trap of everybody else has a physical king. Yeah. So we want one too. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing we kind of do. It's like everybody else has a girlfriend. Everybody else is in a relationship. I'm lonely. I want one. Mm. You know? And so they finally got King Saul. And he, at first, was a great fit. And then he fell into some pride, fell into some of his own things. But in, I think it's in Deuteronomy where Saul, they're looking for Saul and they can't find him. And it says Saul was in the baggage. He was in the luggage. And that just spoke to my heart is before I hop into any relationship, what baggage am I going to be bringing in? Because when things go wrong, I'm going to end up going back to that. When things get hectic and you know the Lord's like presenting himself or a situation presents itself I'm going to end up reverting back to what I know and if that reversion isn't to the Lord it's any anything else is a dangerous place and so for me I had to do a lot of work on myself so much so that I had to um, even stop being so friendly with the girls that were around me I'm, I'm gonna just be really honest I remember I was in ministry and I had I had friend, girls that I called. They were my friends, but I knew we, all we did was just flirt. You know what I mean? Like I know if I asked her on a date, she'd say yes. And we were just friendly. And the Lord told me that I had to cut all that. I had to dead all that stuff. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. And I remember I had to go. I literally went girl by girl that I was friends with and said, hey, I feel like the Lord has changed some stuff in my life. Um, so things make it's just gonna look a little. Our friendship's gonna look a different. I'm just taking a step back to like that. And a lot of them like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like I don't. What are you talking about? Whatever. Uh, but I remember for Stephanie, because we would work out at the same gym sometimes, and we work out, and it was to the point where I was like, do I like her? Do I not? I don't really know. But I had that same thing going on with with other girls, and the Lord told me to cut all of it off. And he said, do this, cut it all off. And I was like, I don't want to. Cause I love the attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the attention of a girl thinking I'm cute or a girl laughing or any of that stuff. I love that. And the Lord told me to cut it off. And I, when I did that within that month, Stephanie, I, I had such a longing for her that I never had before. I never looked at her in that way. It was, she was just a pretty girl. I just never thought about it like that, but I had a, I, the Lord put a desire in my heart for her. And so it was such a crazy thing is that the Lord made me work on me before he revealed who the one he had for me was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same thing with when, when, when God talks to Israel. He says that, hey, I know Saul is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But don't worry. I have a man that is, that is after my own heart. It's like a David. A guy that is after my own heart. But so David, before he was ever king of Israel, before he even stepped on that throne, before he was a man after his own heart. And he was worshiping the Lord when nobody was watching. And the Lord really challenged me in my quiet time or challenged me in my personal walk that no one ever sees. He challenged me in that. And he said, I need you to cut some things out of your life. And that's the best thing I did. The, the best thing that I did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that was such a beautiful thing. So talking about 
how do I know she was the one? I had to do some work on me first. And then the Lord just opened my eyes to it, you know. He opened my eyes to it, and then I just felt peace that surpassed all my own natural understanding. Even in the middle of a pandemic, the promises of the Lord didn't cease, and he still gave me peace. And it's the same thing for you guys, same thing for anyone that's watching. You can do the exact same thing. The simple prayer of, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it, and then just follow that peace. Is that my phone? Yeah. That's my fault. Yeah, you, get, you, get you got it? You got it? I cut it off. Oh. Um, Y'all hear that static? Is that just me? A little bit. Okay. You don't have to hear Mike. Yeah. You tired, Chad? Uh, Chad, gas, boy. That's uh, better. Yeah. Like two nights ago, I ran like three miles at like 11 o'clock. That's disgusting. Why would you do that? Bro, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, bro. you don't hear from the Lord because the Lord would tell you not to do that. <laughs> it was raining too. Hey, y'all need a Christian comedian. It's a Rocky movie, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> you a Christian comedian. You got one. Or ex Creed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look just like Creed. When I think about it, I was like, man, Michael B. Jordan looks just like Chad. I think about that all the time. <laughs> We're practically twins. Yeah, and honestly. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> um, Dang, I just forgot what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Um, I remembered because I have it on my phone. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, but something you said earlier it reminded me of a verse that we brought up uh, last episode with uh, Jaden Chase was mm-hmm. Psalm thirty one thirty. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm. Um, and you you've obviously like talked about like your wife is beautiful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what you find like the most beauty in is the fact that she loves God and fears God more than Correct. she fears and loves you. Correct. I, just, I think that's such a testament like, to where we should be yeah, in like, sure. our relationships. For sure. And it's not that just because she goes to church. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I was trifling in church. You know what I mean? I'm in church. You know, yeah. I know what to do, but my relationship with the Lord wasn't as strong as it needed to be or it wasn't as intimate as it needed to be. Yeah. And so when you have someone that loves the Lord more than they love you, their goal is to please the Lord, not please you all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? And so when the goal is a piece of Lord, I'm on the umbrella of, of, of the Lord. So it's going to please me as well. You know, yeah. um, when I am challenged by the Lord, this is the thing. Like when I'm challenged by the Lord, I don't know about you. I'm stubborn. You know what I mean? I get, when I get mad, I'm out. You know, I don't want to talk to nobody, anything like that. But when the Lord challenges me and tells me that I, be, I must be the one that forgives, you know, I have to forgive because just as Christ has forgiven me. I have to forgive, and my conviction is to the Lord even before my conviction to my wife. Even when I get in an argument, which we, we, we rarely ever do now, like even when we get into something, my conviction is to the Lord, so I know I have to. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, and that's, that's the thing, what I'm saying, when you have someone that loves the Lord and is accountable to the Lord before they're accountable to you, you know? Mm. And so that way, even for my wife, she's not, you know, my wife is... I was savage, man. You know what I mean? Like she, she gonna tell me how it is. She gonna tell our family members how it is, and she gonna call me out. But she does it in such a Christ-like, loving way because her conviction is to the Lord, not to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if I ask her to do something that is out of God's plan for our lives, she's gonna call me on it. You know what I mean? Even if I think it's a good idea, or I'm like, hey, I want to do this, 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 and she's like, no. I'm like, wait, what? You know? Like I thought, you know, you're supposed to. 
leave your your spouse and cling to me. You know, you're supposed to leave your father and mother and cling to me. You know, I'm the head of the household, stuff like that. But her conviction is to the Lord. In the same way, my conviction is to the Lord. And so there's a lot of stuff that I'll never ask my wife to do or be a part of or push in her direction because my conviction is to the Lord first before it is to her. And when you have two people that their convictions are to the Lord first, it makes a beautiful marriage. Mm. That's that three-stranded cord that cannot be easily broken because the Lord has to be intertwined in it, not just around it, not just on Sunday. Mm. He has to be in it. Monday, Tuesday, middle of your argument, right before you go to bed, all of that, you know. Uh, he has to be intertwined in it all. Yeah. And it's like her obedience to God comes before your happiness and her own. Correct. And the same thing goes for you. And like, that's, I love that conviction. Yeah. It's awesome. It's not easy. Oh God. But it's worth it. I'm petty too. I don't know. I'll I'll remember like, sometimes I'll have a a bad dream or something like that. Or I'll, I don't know about you. You ever had a pre-argument in your head before? You know what I mean? You ever had one of those? You know what say. Yeah, yeah. I already know what you're gonna say, so I ain't gonna. I don't want to talk about it. Now yeah. I'm all. I'm, I get so heated. Yeah. I remember that first. Like I remember, like I was gonna talk to my wife about something, and in my mind, I already had a pre-argument of how the conversation was gonna go, yeah. and so I didn't want to ask her. Now I'm mad. She's like, "What's wrong with you? Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. I'm mad. I'm, I'm so petty. So petty, man. No, so petty. So I had to bring that to the Lord. You know what I mean? And then lo and behold, whenever I bring it to her and all those preconceived notions that I had and thoughts that I had didn't even go that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because my conviction was in the Lord and so I had to communicate those things. Mm. You know what I mean? In the same way for her. You know, I can tell my wife's off. I can tell when she's mad or sad and she has to kind of be like, Daniel, I just feel off right now. I'll come to you. And I'm like, all right. But that's because her conviction is to the Lord. Yeah. Naturally, you don't want to say anything. Naturally, I don't want to say anything. I get in an argument. I'm playing video games the rest of the day. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, I'm closing the door. I'm chilling. You know, but my conviction to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important, too. Like, just knowing that they're, that God is also the Lord of their lives. Because, like, sure. like you were saying, you could just be going crazy in the church. Like, you, you could be in the church where, like, it's not just about being Christian and all that. It's, like, actually putting, making sure that they have God first. Because yeah. they'll never be able to fulfill the place that God has in your life. Yeah, for sure. Especially when we, if you think that the end-all, be-all is if they go to church. That's a low bar. Mm. That means that hour out of their day, they go they go somewhere. Hey, that's the bare minimum. That's the hey. bare minimum, bro. Hey, yeah, Christian. Listen, bro. Hey. I was, listen, I've been in ministry for a long time. Grew up in church, so I know. I know yeah. you sit somewhere because you want to be in the eyesight of the person. You know what I mean. Yeah. You wear a certain outfit so it look good. You stuck in chairs for sure. You <laughs> picking up all the chairs uh-huh. like uh, you know. You buying medium shirts. So you can sit, let the girl see the glory. You, I, I get, I get the game. You got your hands all raised in the front. You are crying in the middle. You're, oh, pastor, you know what I mean? I get it. So the girl's like, oh my gosh, she's so in touch with the Lord. Stop lying. Amen. 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 You must be taking notes. <laughs> you got your pen and pad. Sure. You're just drawing stick figures on that boy. So I get it. So that's what the deep conviction has to be more than just on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? That conviction has to be there, and inter- once again, intertwined in your life. You know. Yeah, because that's what's important. That Monday morning faith. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Um, we can go ahead and uh, go towards the last one, um, because we basically just answered um what we should be looking for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, how you guys have been keeping God for sure. at the top of your relationship. Yeah. So like, with the marriage rate going down and yeah. divorce rates going up, what's the importance of being married? You gotta be obedient to the Lord yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean. And it goes back to 
the Lord being intertwined in your life and being Lord of your life. I, I talked I, I talked about this, you know, a while ago, you know, somewhere else, but like just believing in God isn't enough. Mm. It ain't hard to believe in God. The devil believes in God. That's not hard. For sure. They believe that God exists. But the problem is they couldn't make him Lord. You know? And so you have to make him Lord of your life. And he's Lord of your life. And the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Then you know, as you continue to read it, that marriage is something that God created. Even if we've messed it up. Even if we've diluted. Even if we've deteriorated. Even if we try to rip it apart. And we divorce and all of that stuff. God created marriage. Hmm. You know, he created it. And I want all that God has for me. You know what I mean? I want it all. And so marriage is something that the Lord has for all of you. You know, even for me, I didn't see, I'm going to be real honest, I didn't see a, a good, healthy marriage until I was like in my mid-20s. You know, my mom and dad loved each other. They are awesome. Um, but they, they argued a lot, you know what I mean? And it would, my mom was the one that went to church. My dad was like, he went to bedside Baptist, so he ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? And he did his thing. And my mom on one side was like, my mom was that anointing oil four in the morning. You know, I, I, I was like, I remember being in my bed, it's like four o'clock in the morning and I can hear my mom praying. And she would come in our room and I had to keep my eyes closed. Or if I woke up, she made me pray with her. So I was like, I just pretend like I'm sleeping. You know what I mean? And my mom coming in, praying, grabbing my head, shaking it around. That was my mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my dad, on the other hand, was like, bro, chicks is only a chick. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket type guy. My dad was a player. Like, that. that's genuinely what it mean. My brother talk about it all the time. Yeah. My dad was a legit player back in the day. Mm. And so I had that dynamic growing up. Where there was just two trains of thought in marriage when it comes when it comes to relationships in general, you know what I mean. And I wasn't until I was like my mid twenties where I actually found it. And the way I saw it actually was I was living at the beach, and I was wilding, man. I was I was at the beach, but I was wilding. Um, but I was I was living at the beach, and, and I felt like the Lord told me to go and move in with my mentor, um, and him and his wife and his two and their two kids, and I was like. I'm living at the beach by myself. I ain't trying to. What? I'm ten steps from the ocean. Everybody in bikinis. Lord, what you want me to do? You know what I mean? I ain't trying to do all that. And and, and I said no for like a year. I'm serious. Like I, I heard. I felt like I heard from him. It wasn't this audible like Daniel move out to the. It wasn't anything like that. But I just felt this. I need to move in with them. And I knew that was a lure because that is not my heart. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to do all that. Um, and I remember that being a very hectic and stressful year of my life. I remember that. And so much so that I never told my mentor, like, hey, I want, I'll think about moving in with you or anything like that. Um, I remember he came to me and he was like, hey, I was just praying. And if you ever wanted to live with us, you know, there's always a room for you. And I was like, oh, man, I ain't trying to hear up. God, man. Sometimes your confirmations be on my nerves. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hear you, Lord. And still, six months later, I still ain't saying say yes. And then um, I remember my lease was up at the place that I was living at, at the beach. And I felt like the Lord said again, like, don't sign this lease. Like you need to do this, you know? And I was like, okay, all right. And so I, I, I moved in with them. And during that, I think I lived with it for like nine, 10 months during that relation, during that, that time and that season, 
I got to see a beautiful marriage where both had the same mindset. You know what I mean? They both love the Lord more than they loved each other. They both loved their kids. They both, like, it was wild. I remember one time I walked out of the room and I was, like, stuck in my room. And I was still, I was kind of mad because I was, like, living at the beach and I'm living with, like, some kids. And I remember walking out one day and my mentor was out there playing with his kids in the backyard. And his wife was in the kitchen making cookies. And I walk out, I'm like, what am I, what am I looking at? She's like, what? And I'm like, this is like a Hallmark movie. Like, what are you talking? Like, what is, this can't be real. Like, you know, your life isn't real. I tell them all the time to this day. I'm like, you know, your life isn't real. No way this is real. And, and she's like, this is what the Lord has for us. And in that moment, man, that's something to me broke, man. And I was like, I want that. I want that. And so bump all the statistics. I just got one. Yeah. And me and my wife, we good. You know what I mean? And so statistics can say one thing. That's told. I get that. But me and my wife, we're good. You know? And we've been through a lot of stuff in the three years we've been married. Like we got married in COVID. A year to that date, my mom passed away. We lost a child. We lost pets that have been there for years. All in like four months of each other. We had some crazy doctor diagnosis, all this stuff. Stuff that nobody knows about. You know what I mean? And so by statistics of things that you're going through, that should have torn us apart. But me and my wife are stronger than ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I get the statistics. I totally understand that. But the, the when you have the Lord, it blows all that out of the water. But it's not the... And I think that I learned is marriage isn't the, the destination. Okay, we've made it. You know, marriage is the starting point. You know, that's where the real work begins. Yeah. You know? Because for me, if I get mad, once again, I tell you, I'm, I'm dipping. You know what I mean? And I literally had to break that. through The Lord had to break that in me with my mentor to like say, no, you can't leave. Because that's the way your dad did it. That's the way your granddad did it. That's the way your family's done it before. you got to be doing things different. And so, so much so that I can't wait for when me and my wife actually have kids. Because they're not even going to know where I come from. You know what I mean? All they're going to know is I love my wife so much. You know what I mean? And I love the Lord even more so. So, and I'll say the same thing for, for to anybody. You know, you gotta don't look at not saying don't look at the statistics. I get that, and that's just real. You know, divorce rates fifty percent keeps it keeps on growing, things like that. Um, but you gotta you gotta get right with the Lord before you even step into marriage. You know, hmm. you you do you do because what's the alternative? You know what I mean? What's the alternative? You gonna live with the person forever? You know what I mean? What, oh, you got the people we dated for like yeah. What's years. what's what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Engaged. <laughs> yeah, that's what's the alternative? Like it's gonna be the same. You're not gonna get away from it unless you're gonna be alone for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or you're just gonna you know date multiple people for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And none of those, neither one of those are gonna be satisfactory. You're always gonna feel like you're missing out. Yeah. You know, so I get the statistic, but what's the alternative? You know, and so for me, in my family. We're going to serve the Lord. For me and my house, mm. we're going to serve the Lord. Just like Joshua 24, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, choose this day who you will serve. Yeah. You're going to serve statistics. You're going to serve the way of this culture, the way of this world. You're going to serve the God that your ancestors served across the Euphrates. That's for me and my house. We're serving the Lord. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that's what that's all I can protect. That's all I'm accountable for. My dad always told me, you got one behind the mind. If you, if you, had, if you, if you had another behind it, it gave you two. You know what I mean? You got one behind the mind. That's yours. And whoever's in your household, yeah. you know, and so that's the that's a conviction that I have, you know, that I try to do every day, um, is that I love the Lord more than even I love my wife, and and that creates a beautiful marriage, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. More than I love the business that we started and all this other stuff. I love my I love the Lord more than I love any of those things. And I submit all of those things to the Lord, you know? And so that's my advice and say like marriage is important. Marriage is awesome. Because it's the, it's something that the Lord created. Even if we've messed it up, the Lord created it for us. Mm. You know? Yeah. And just like Christ loves the church, so a man should love his wife. You know what I mean? And I think about even the way Paul loved the church, where he went around and started all these churches, and he would long for them so much or wanted to create so much order in it that he wrote them letters. And that's how we get two-thirds of the New Testament. You know, because there was such a love and a deep conviction of the Lord to for these churches. And he wanted to love the church the way Christ loves us. You know, and it's the same thing that we need to do the same stance that we need to take in our marriage, you know, before we love anything else, follow the Lord, be obedient to him, be accountable to him, have your conviction in him and everything else is going to take care of itself, man. That's good. Mm. You, wanna, you good? You got anything to say? No, it's just crazy that you um, brought up that verse, like for this household, like we will yeah, serve the Lord. Yeah, I love that. That was in Jade's house yesterday. Really? Like yeah. when we recorded that episode, like that was because her dad's a pastor too. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, that house serves the Lord. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so it's like, I saw it, it was like next to their um, bathroom. It was just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just really cool that you found that out. Yeah. Bro, back in the day, they used to have these like, um, these plaques. They were big back in the day. And I felt like every household, like if your parents were Christians in the 90s, they had that plaque yeah. right above their door. You know what I mean? That was like, me and my house, we serve the Lord. You know what I mean? Like everybody had that plaque, man. It yeah. was like almost like the, um, Live, laugh, love. It's yeah. like, like back in the 90s. Like, that's what that is now. Yeah, yeah. That's for being my house. Yeah. We <laughs> are a Lord. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's how it is, man. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. All right. I think that's good, man. That's that's beautiful. Like, just being to walk through life um, and, and go through um, your relationship with God with someone else. Just yeah. Fully walk it out. For sure. For sure. But that's going to wrap it up. You got anything else you want to say? I'm good. All right, it's been fun. It's been real. We appreciate you having on, man. Bro, appreciate you, you, man. I appreciate you being here, bro. Awesome. If you got any ads you want to drop, you know, the Instagram, what's up? Yeah, at me. I don't really know my ads, Loki. (laughs) 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 I think it's underscore Daniel T. Clark. Follow me. I'm going to put it in the description. For sure. But don't follow me if you're like a really good Christian because I'm a little ratchet, too. So don't (laughs) don't follow me if you're like. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.